0: Hi everyone and welcome to Let's Talk About It, a podcast with a purpose. I'm your host, Molly, and today we are going to talk about childhood hunger. I want to preface this episode by saying that today we are focusing on childhood hunger in America. Childhood hunger is broad, and I didn't feel that I could encompass all of it in a meaningful way in just one episode. Food insecurity affects children around the entire world, but in different ways, and the organizations and programs in place to help are all different too. So. We will cover food shortage issues around the world in future episodes, but today we'll just be in the United States and really just starting here because it's the holiday season and there's so much food consumption during this time that it to me often feels a bit gluttonous and wrong when there just are so many starving people and children. So without further ado, let's talk about it. The 2021 USDA report states that over 9 million children in the United States suffered some sort of food insecurity crisis in 2021. And as with most issues in our country, children in Black, Latin, and Native American families are more likely to suffer. One thing that I found particularly interesting and that I thought might help bring a little bit of context to the situation is that the USDA reported 59% of people living in the United States live within one mile of a grocery store. And you may be thinking, well, I don't live within a mile of a grocery store. I personally don't live within one mile. And you know, one mile really isn't that much, but compared to the 26% of Native American communities that live within a mile of a grocery store, we can see that there really is a huge difference there. And this makes resources that may help with foods insecurities Difficult to reach for these communities that are a little bit further away from them, and they just physically don't have the means to get to these places. And the USDA report also said that 24% of homes with single mothers were also food insecure. So to give a little bit of context, in 2020, the federal poverty line for a family of four was only $26,200, although experts would consider it to be living in poverty still, even if that number were doubled because when you think about it that really is such a small amount of money i don't i literally don't think anybody could realistically live off that much especially if you're a family of four for example if you imagine average rent let's just say it's $1500 a month that ends up being $18,000 a year just to live which is more than half of that 26,000 so it's just pretty crazy So with that in mind, in the same year, 2020, 37 million people were considered to be living within poverty and 12 million of them being children. So why does this matter? What are the impacts? Basically, why should you care? Uh, I think it can be really difficult to feel the true weight of something when looking at it in such large amounts, 9 million children, 12 million children. At that point, it is so many that it almost just becomes a number and you are removed from considering each child individually and all of of the suffering that they may face. So let's look at a little bit of a smaller number. In a Massachusetts public school, amongst the children who lived in lower income homes, 50% of the school-aged children experienced food insecurity and 16% faced severe food insecurity. So if we consider 300 kids that are in this pool, we're talking 150 of them, half of them, that are facing some sort of food shortage crisis, which is a lot, a lot of children. And this matters for so, so many reasons. Studies have linked childhood hunger with chronic illnesses and other health concerns, not only as children, but into their adulthood as well. These children face anxiety, depression, and stress, and I don't think that I need to tell you how heartbreaking it is for a child to be stressed about where their next meal is going to come from. These studies have also linked childhood hunger to issues with cognitive development and physical health. One study that I did not expect said that it has also been shown to be associated with PTSD. And of course, there is so much social shame and stigma that comes with these issues. So there are a lot of programs and resources out there to help and they really are doing some great work. And we do know that they are actually working. We have studies that can back this up. One that I looked at found that when the amount of money spent on each child's nutrition in one of these programs increased from $30 to $60, the amount of nutritional food specifically that they ate increased. Uh, But this does not mean that they can't be better because they certainly can. So for example, the National School Lunch and Breakfast Program still require parents to apply for them. So what if a parent just doesn't apply for whatever reason? Or what if they do apply, but they aren't granted any benefits? These are still things Mm. that are going to negatively affect the child, and it's totally out of the child's hands. They have no control over that. And lastly, some of these programs have yet to reach some more rural or hard to reach places in the country. That's just the way it is. They haven't made it there. So there are some places that aren't seeing these benefits at all. Instead, I think the government needs to federally mandate all states to do what California did this year, which is providing two free meals to all children attending public schools in grades grades K through 12, no matter what, no matter what, parent doesn't have to sign up for anything. doesn't matter the financial situation at home. Every child attending public school is going to get a free meal no matter what. No questions asked. And this allows children to have the two meals guaranteed. They don't have to worry about where it's going to come from. They don't have to deal with the shame or anything. They're just like everybody else. Every child is getting the same treatment, which is how it should be. It is never a child's fault that they don't have enough food and it should never be their responsibility to figure out where their next meal is going to come from. So let's talk about what we can do because that's what this is all about. You can always donate. And I know that this is not an option for a lot of people and that is okay. If it's not an option for you, don't do it. Please don't go and put yourself in a food shortage crisis because you're trying to help. As noble and awesome as that is, you need to take care of yourself first. If you can donate, I strongly encourage you to find an organization or a local program that you feel right giving your money to. And I specifically say that because while researching for this episode and charities or nonprofits that I could share with everybody, I became pretty quickly upset because many seem generous and great on the outside, and I'm not saying that they don't do great work. I'm sure that they are and they do and they have. But when I start looking at the salaries of the higher positions in these nonprofits or whatever, and I find that the CEO is making $500,000 a year, I personally just feel like my money could be better given somewhere else. Like, I don't think they need my money if that's how much they're paying there. And maybe these larger organizations have resources to have a greater reach and that's a great thing and you may want to support them for that reason, but it just doesn't sit right with me when the top four people in some of these companies that i saw were literally making a combined two million dollars a year like take that money and go feed the freaking children i i just don't i can't with that other things you can do donate to local food pantries money or food they also really rely on volunteers i know a lot of the food pantries around where i live are entirely run by volunteers so they really could use the help and if Maybe you don't have $20 to go donate, but maybe you have like an hour of your time where you could just go help them organize food, or maybe you could afford to buy a few loaves of bread to just go drop off. All of that stuff really goes such a long way, especially when it's a bunch of little contributions coming together. That is how those local places, that's the only way that they are able to run and operate and function. And food pantries are especially important because children probably aren't going to them, but their parents are, and their parents probably are, especially maybe in times when the children aren't getting as much food from the school. So during the summer, for example. You could also reach out to local schools in your area and ask what they have for weekend and summer food programs. Like I said, we we know that these tend to be the hungriest times for children when they aren't relying on the school food quite as much. And many schools already have these programs in place and you may be able to just donate some food items to them. Just ask if they have anything in place, maybe start a conversation about creating one if they don't have one in place. Sounds a little silly maybe, but I was really just trying to think of different ways that you could do something that maybe wouldn't take much of your time, wouldn't take much of your effort. And one thing I thought of was buy the cheaper brand. You know, you go to the grocery store and there's usually whatever thing you're looking for. There'll be the name brand, And then there will be kind of like the generic store brand right next to it. And the generic store brand tends to be less expensive than some of the name brands, even though it's like the exact same thing. So if you are in a position, if you can, only if you can, buy the more expensive item, the the more expensive option. Because who knows, maybe the next person that comes through and is looking at that same like item, they won't have the luxury of a choice and maybe they need to buy the cheaper one if the cheaper one's not there They don't get to buy it that day. Another important thing that you can do is vote in your local elections a lot of the candidates will have uh, an education section often on their their platform website, whatever uh, where they basically just talk about how they feel about public education. And that can be a really great place to look because chances are if they support the public schools, they'll want to support programs maybe in place to help the, school, the children within those schools, such as the weekend and summer lunch programs. But you can also reach out to the ones that already exist uh, about getting these programs in place if they don't already exist in your area. One final resource I wanted to mention is one by No Kid Hungry. No Kid Hungry is technically a nonprofit. I roll my eyes a little bit. I personally would not donate to them because of the reasons that I mentioned before all 2 million reasons, but they have done some good work and I saw this on their website and I thought that it was very much worth sharing. They offer a free texting service, which you can text and will help you find food services, food help, sorry, food help services in your area. So, to do this, you just text the word food, F O O D, to 304 304. Again, that's food, F O O D, to 304 304. It's also available in Spanish where you can text C O M I D A. Again, that's C O M I D A to the same number, 304 304. I was going to try this just to see generally like what the process was and if it worked in my area. I'm kind of in an area where I was thinking maybe it wouldn't work so I I was just curious. But then I was thinking about it more and I felt that it would be a waste of resources. I'm fortunately not in a food shortage crisis right now so I wouldn't want to take the time or resources away from this. Program. I'm not sure if anyone's getting paid to do it, so I didn't I didn't feel right doing that uh, But I do think that it was important to share in case there was somebody who needed it And that is all that I have for this episode I really hope that you learned something new and I hope that you will continue to think about ways that you can help the children and the people in your community And if you are interested in a visual sort of thing for listening to future episodes or revisiting this one, we do do a little video type thing over on YouTube. So if you'd rather watch than listen, go check it out over there. And until next time, be safe and I will see you all then.